Hi, this is Ginger. Thanks so much for listening to the Quilt and Tell podcast. I want to invite you to stick around at the end of the episode for an interview I did with Carla Jerome, the head of education at The Grace Company. The Grace Company is dedicated to providing quality products and services to all quilters and fabric enthusiasts. She'll tell us about some of those, as well as some classes I know you'll want to take advantage of. It starts right after we wrap our conversation, and it's brought to you by The Grace Company. Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilting. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Daddick. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 7 of Quilt and Tell. For this episode, we decided to bring back Hall of Fame quilter Marty Michelle. We just loved talking with her and could probably talk to her all day. To begin, though, Lori, Ginger, and I are going to chat about what we're working on. And in our Fine Finishes segment, I am chatting with Love of Quilting TV hosts Sarah Gallegos and Angela Huffman. So stay tuned to the end. How are you, ladies? I'm doing good. How about you, Ginger? I'm hanging in there. Yeah, no, still kicking along and, uh, you know, slowly getting stuff done. (laughs) And how's it going for you, Tracy? I miss you, Lori. (laughs) I know. I don't have anybody to complain to. (laughs) No one to IM when I have a question about how to write something in a pattern. (laughs) And when I'm in the office, your cube next to me is empty. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Other than that, I'm okay, I guess. (laughs) Oh, well, good. And I just miss seeing your smiling face in the office. (laughs) I could send you a picture. (gasps) You should do that. You should send it. Print it up really big and put it in your office. There you go. So I was in the office last week and Ginger was there. You should have heard us. I think we squealed. (laughs) <laughs> we were gushing. We were definitely gushing. That that hug got me through the day. <laughs> we were like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, we find we hugged. It was so nice to actually like hug a person. Yes, so, that was good. Uh, I'm I'm kind of in project limbo. So <laughs> I finished three quilts. So now I'm trying to decide what to do next to go back and finish a project that I've already started or start something new. And the desire to start something new is really, really great. (laughs) Yes, I understand. It's like uh, you already know what what you're doing is going to look like. Uh I mean, if you have it to a certain spot then you know what it's going to look like, but you don't know what that new one's going to look like. Right. (laughs) Or I just want to, like, I've got a couple of, like, really fun rulers that I want to try, so I just want to play. So maybe I just let myself play for, like, an hour, and then I do something else that might work. Yeah. Yeah, try that. (laughs) So, Lori, how's the new setup going? Well, I have this really sad story about I still don't have a sewing machine that's functional. Oh, no. So I'm reading a lot, watching a lot of TV. We did get to go over to my son's house and play in their garden. They actually got moved into their new house. And and so we're playing in the garden and and 
unpacking things and, you know, but no sewing. Uh, well, there must be a reason, like the, the, the quilting and sewing gods must be doing this for a reason. So just, you know, try not to overthink it and hopefully it'll be over soon. <laughs> Go ahead and breathe and, and it'll be all right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And let me guess, like your other sewing machines are packed away in storage behind a million other boxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bake keeps saying, I-, I could go get you another machine. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to have to do that because he'd have to move all this stuff and and then yeah. put it back after he got my machine out. And and by then your new house would be ready and you'd be able to get out. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's so stinks. it's OK. I'm sorry. Hang in there. I will. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Ginger? Uh, oh, I feel like I'm cheating on my quilts at this point. Um, <laughs> over the weekend, I uh, I actually found a bunch of garment patterns that I'm trying. And so Ooh. I have a tank top that I'm doing. It's the Oso tank top that's on the Sew Daily site. It's a free sew along that they're doing right now. And it's so cute. And you can make it with almost scraps. So I've got it at least cut out. And then I went ahead. I decided I was like, okay, I'm going to do all my cutting this weekend. And then I can sew, you know, as mm-hmm. whenever I get the opportunity. And then I did another up and arm blouse. Um, um, that, uh, I just found this really fun fabric and I was like, okay, I'll try that. And then I have a little sundress that I'm trying to make. So I got, like I said, I got them all cut out and that's about as far as I got. So, uh, so did that. And, um, yeah, so I think I'm going to try those. Hopefully I'll get them done before the summer cause they're all summer related. So, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I have that. And then I still have some new blocks for the month of July. And then I found that amazing, the quilting, um, vintage, uh, quilts book. Quilting revival. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it. And so mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I mean, that's been the fun thing with doing these kind of block of the week challenges. When our office was closing, I was lucky enough to inherit so many wonderful books that literally have just been sitting on my shelves. And so now to be able to open them up and actually get in and do stuff and I it's it's a weird way to read books, but I'm enjoying it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the authors of that book, Faith Jones, um, we used to live in the same town. And so when that book came out, they actually, um, the three authors, so it was Lee Heinrich and Katie Blakesley. I don't know Katie, but well, I met her once. And then Faith, um, they wrote this wonderful book. And then they actually did a quilt show at the Pottery Barn in our little town. And um, it was a two-story store with a balcony. Mm -hmm. And so all of their quilts were hanging in the pottery barn. It was so beautiful. And it was just like a trunk show that they did. And there was wine and cheese. It was awesome. Um, (laughs) Sounds perfect. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm excited because all the blocks in that book, they all are the 12 inch blocks. So once I'm done, I'm definitely going to make a tiny little quilt out of the four blocks that I do for the month of July. So I'm excited about that because some of the other books, it's like the the blocks aren't all the same size. So I'm like, hmm, what am I to do with those or how am I going to do that? So I'm trying to be creative. They're going to be your quilt back. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And it's like, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to be kind of creative with what I do with all these blocks, but it's been kind of fun. <laughs> cool. I, I've been impressed with your, your videos. Like they've been getting really good. 
they're getting better and better. Everyone, it's so funny. And that was like a huge part of doing this is that I really, you know, aside from being in and getting my quilting skills up to speed, the video, oh my God, it's been amazing. Um, And every time it's like, if I do a cool effect, I notice it. Nobody else does, but I get all excited about it. So thank you, Tracy. Yes, I noticed. (laughs) It looked great. So if if anyone's curious about what we're talking about, go to Ginger's Instagram page, which is, tell us again. Yeah, GST. It's just GST quilts and sews. Yep. So Ginger Sheehy Tatic, GST. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you can follow her there. Or you could just go to our hashtag, which is hashtag quilt and tell podcast AND. Um, and you can see all that. And you can also see some of our listeners um, participate yes. in that hashtag as well. So it's very nice. It's a great way for us to see what you're working on when we're not doing a Zoom. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, are you ladies ready to go talk to Marty Michelle? Yes, I am. Yes. Let it continue. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I mean, we left off in like 1980 or 81 or something like that. So it'll be fun to sort of hear how her career progressed after that. It's Ginger. I hope you're enjoying this edition of the Quilt and Tell podcast. I want to remind you to stay tuned at the end of the episode for my interview with Carla Jerome, the head of education for the Grace Company. The Grace Company is dedicated to providing quality products and service to all quilters and fabric enthusiasts. Their fantastic fall festival is coming later this year. Carla will talk about the quilting education the Grace Company provides how the company was founded by her mother, Grace, and why their company values quality, value and accessibility, innovation and experience, which they call QVI, are so important to them. That's all coming up at the end of this episode, and it's presented by The Grace Company. So way back in September 23rd, We did a special episode that was called Game Changers in the Industry, and we had the amazing Marty Michelle as a guest. And at the end of that, we actually said we could talk to her for another hour. So we decided that we wanted to have her back again so that we could continue the conversation and learn about her escapades since I think we left off in about 1980. We still have a long way to go. (laughs) So welcome, Marty, back to the show. Thank you so much. I I will try harder to uh, not monopolize the conversation this time. I hardly let you guys get a word in. Oh, please. That's perfect. It makes our jobs easy. (laughs) No, we loved hearing all because, you know, I think your life is so remarkable to us that it's fascinating to learn about the little ideas that you had that really changed everything um, and, and paved the way for, for us. So I'm going to, I'm going to let Lori talk for a few minutes because she's really sort of had a really interesting experience recently in moving. So Ah, Lori, why don't you? Yes. First of all, she moved hardly with Mm -hmm. notice and we're all having anxiety, separation anxiety, right? Yep. <laughs> but I'm still here. I'm still here. And that's the good thing. That's the good thing. So I moved to temporary housing 
in the middle of Nebraska, and it's little. So I don't have room for my long arm. I have one sewing machine and some of my supplies, but only one. Only one. One. Yes, that's really (laughs) that's really hard for me. (laughs) I understand. But when I was telling my friend Ramona Sorensen, who is also a designer that that we work with frequently, what was going on and that I wouldn't have my long arm, she suggested that I challenge myself to doing quilt-as-you-go things on my domestic machine. Good challenge. In what I brought to my temporary housing is your set of booklets about Quilt As You Go, Marty. So I've started through those. I'm on booklet number two. (laughs) And remember I told you I have only one sewing machine? Guess what decided it didn't want to work anymore? Free motion? Oh, your sewing machine. My sewing machine decided that it didn't want to stitch nicely. Okay, change the needle. Oh, I've changed the needle twice. <laughs> I've, okay. I've re-threaded. I've rewound bobbins. Um, yeah. So it's in the shop. But I do have two things that I have ready to bind. And I have another oh. one that's getting really close. All I need is that machine to start working so I can can do some meandering in the big chunks. I'm doing the ones with uh, the diagonal. Mm-hmm. And, and I've got a focus print that I've got some pretty big chunks of. Right. I have to quilt right. in that. But yep. your things are really cool with the with the quilt as you go ideas. I'm just having fun. Thank you. There are I try at the beginning to give a little bit of definition because there's quilt as you go, quilt as you sew, quilt as you piece, quilting in sections. There are lots of different names. And Right now, you're still on the quilt as you sew or quilt as you piece or quilt as you go, as far as I'm concerned. And that always means to me, you have established a backing, you have established batting, and then you start by putting your first two pieces, right sides of fabric, right sides together, on top of the batting, sometimes very carefully measured, like for the center of a log cabin block, sometimes casual, as in the diagonal strips I think you are doing right now, but always a matter of when you sew those two pieces of fabric together, you are also quilting through the batting and the backing. Right. And then you open the pieces of fabric, and now you have a new surface. And you can put more fabric down right sides together with the opened up pieces of fabric. 
is that so that is it is also usually quilted in sections but to me machine quilting in sections means i have a queen size quilt but instead of sewing all of the blocks together i sew a quarter of them together so uh let's say you have 12 blocks let's do or um uh 12 it would be probably 12 blocks in each quarter six across six 12 inch blocks across eight 12 inch blocks down would make a nice big quilt with borders later but before the borders are sewn on or even before those final seams that sew the quarters together that quarter is about the same size as a crib quilt right right and so I'm going to stop because I can machine quilt a crib quilt on my sewing machine. I don't have any trouble with that. I can do in the ditch. I can do free motion. And so can almost everybody with a sewing machine. Right? right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and so the issue then becomes, go ahead and quilt it. The issue becomes... How do you put those sections together? That is in booklet three. Uh, <laughs> actually, I think a couple of them <laughs> I think they're in booklet two because you have to put those diagonal strips right. together right. too. And there are multiple ways of doing that. Do you know, I think the last time we talked, if I'm not mistaken, Lori was working on a pineapple quilt. And it was the ultraviolet pineapple quilt of mine that was a cover quilt. Right. Does anybody yes. remember? I don't. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, she was. Did any of you notice it was machine quilted in sections that I didn't notice Mm-mm. right yeah see it doesn't look any different from the front that's the point and chances are some of you saw the back of that quilt now I usually make sections in different colors because I'm teaching and when I hold that quilt up in front of an audience of 150, I want to be able to say the lime green strips are where we joined the borders to the quilt. And if I have it all match, you can't ever see it. I want people to see it. So uh, I usually make just, you know, besides it, it amuses me. <laughs> and, and, and so, and it, it gives you a really good excuse for not having to have 10 yards of matching fabric. You know, you can just put whatever you want. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So right. 
there are all of these varying degrees and um and i've i've tried to write about them a lot i find i found years ago that when i was doing a trunk show at a guild if i said oh and this quilt was quilted in sections they didn't want me to tell them what the front of the quilt was they wanted me to tell them what do you mean? How did you do that? What is the process? So keeping the sections, I like to say keep the sections as small as you can, as long as you can. But when you get to the quilting, quilt on the section, the biggest section you are comfortable quilting. Because then you have less of those how do I put it together? And even as even as clever as our techniques are, they still take time mm-hmm. and effort. So I don't want to do by the block anymore if I can help it. I have techniques by the block, but if you do when you do things by the block, every single block has to be joined with a finishing strip of some kind. But if I can do bigger sections, then I have fewer times when I have to do that. And the, the set of booklets that you're talking about, I call them more machine quilting in sections because I have another book called Machine Quilting in Sections. Mm-hmm. That, uh, and this one has new ideas and a lot of new techniques in it. So I love to keep making it easy for people to finish their own quilts on their own domestic sewing machine. That's my, that's my thing. And I'm sticking to it. Can I just say, just from September, I'm not going to lie, I was getting a little lost in the whole conversation. I was like, okay, I think I know what she's doing, but I'm not sure. So since then, I think you did, I don't know if it was at quilt festival virtual class yeah. or if it was quilt it might have been quilt festival i took your class there oh. and so that got me going down a road and then but i still haven't tried it and so now when i'm listening to you though it makes so much more sense okay. and so now i'm like all right i need to take that extra step now but now you know my favorite motto <laughs> i hear and i forget i see and i remember I do, and I understand. Yep, I get it. It's it's like, boom, it came to me. I get it. (laughs) I feel like this is one of those things that you just sort of have to wrap your brain around it because it's different. It's different. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and it's amazing when that light bulb clicks. It's like, (laughs) oh, oh, yeah, okay. And and that's the moment that I feel like I'm having. (laughs) In that series of booklets, not to mention the uh, uh, Catalina pineapple quilt. Uh, I tried to, at the end, let you know this is not restricted to easy little crib quilts. And some of your most complicated quilts can still be done by sections. It doesn't doesn't I tell people it's not a, 
a, a mistake, a judge should look at that and say, oh my gosh, they are clever enough to figure out <laughs> how to do this by the section. <laughs> so anyway, it's a state of mind, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep, it really is. Marty, is there... Did you, is this a something that you had created as a technique or was there someone doing it before you learned it? Actually, it's kind of interesting. Most of it I have developed on my own. I really, I used to say that twi- somebody else was doing the twin finishing strips first. Then I found one of my old quilting by the block quilts in a magazine from 1985, I think it was. And oh, that's what I was doing, except I was using wider strips, the width of a sashing strip. But I was doing the same thing as the uh, kind of popular half-inch twin finishing strips. It was the very same thing. I didn't even remember. (laughs) That <laughs> early on, I was focused on block by block. Once I got past that, I thought everybody should be past it. We don't need to do it block by block. We can do it yeah. section by section. And I quit teaching the block by block things. Well, then one day I realized... You know, got to start somewhere. Everybody, everybody yeah. can't start where I am now. We need to do some of these mm-hmm. again, right? And well, but this is what makes you that quilt genius: <laughs> is that we want to aspire to be that. <laughs> Whenever I am building on what someone else has done, I try to recognize them and acknowledge it. And uh, I I just think that's really important. And any time that I have a known source for something that I am doing, I always recognize that. So uh, when we left off, uh, when we left off in the last podcast, we left off with the Woman's Day quilt, and you were talking about. <laughs> Um, what batting was like back then and like filling a UPS truck with all of the kits <laughs> yes. and all of that. So I'd, I'd love to pick up from there and, <laughs> and see what happened next because you were such a good storyteller. I'm just loving. <laughs> uh, well, you know, um, they offered that quilt in five different color combinations over a period of four or five years. I'm not quite sure how, how many years. Wow. And uh, uh, temporarily, I got tired of doing <laughs> log cabin quilts. It's, oh. That's really uh, spoiled to say when it was such huge income for us. But uh, then we did do uh, several others. And then after we sold Yours Truly, I did a series of books for American School of Needlework. Of course, they're not in print anymore, but I see them on eBay now and then. 
where we did weekend mm -hmm. basket quilts. And they were all basket designs that were sewn, stitch, and flip. Uh, weekend uh, star quilts, I had a whole bunch. Uh, and in fact, I've pulled the Ohio star into this new series and the Martha star, I think. So I've pulled, picked up a couple of the other um, quilts that we did by blocks over the years and uh, refreshed them. And that was kind of the, you know, then when we sold yours truly in 85, I began to, to write and, uh, and do more by then. I was on to rotary cutter and uh, piecing and strip techniques mm -hmm. and all of that. We had uh, introduced um, with Mary Ellen Hopkins uh, a lot of strip techniques. Mm -hmm. And I, I did a book called Quilting for People Who Don't Have Time to Quilt. And it was like fence rails and double Irish. I remember that book. Sold 750,000 copies. Wow. Oh, that's amazing, isn't oh. it? Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I don't, you know, just, just to say, I'm really excited that in t uh, two weeks, I'm going to Marion, Indiana, because we're finally going to have last year's Hall of Fame induction. And uh, yeah. yay! I'm having to select a quilt show, you know, like 20 or 25 quilts, which out of 400 or 500, I don't know how many quilts I have. That I've, oh my goodness. Yeah. I'd be like madly making more quilts to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually including that fence rail cover of quilting for people who don't have time to quilt, which is, oh, you guys, oh. hold your breath, a tied quilt. The cover of that book. Oh, no. really? Wow. That's awesome. But it just seems to me it. <laughs> it's this part of the story, isn't it? Tied Yes. 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 It is. Indeed. <laughs> and there's no reason for people not to do it now if they want to. It's just that's not right. what we do. Right. So then a few years later, yeah. I wrote the enlarged, expanded version, quilting for people who still don't have time to quilt. And <laughs> I'm working on the third version. Quilting for people who will never have time to quilt, but love the color pictures. <laughs> it's like the titles just write themselves. <laughs> I say put the, put the color pictures in and skip writing the directions. Isn't that every quilt? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah, if you don't love it, you better not be doing it. It's good. It takes too much time. <laughs> oh, yeah. It does take a bit of time. It does. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yeah, so that's one of the quilts. I love it. So, and I may, I'm not sure if the purple, uh, if that purple Catalina quilt is going in or not. It's in the, it's in the final, you know, because I thought it was very representative of quilts I had had that were cover girls. Uh, I was always fun when you get a cover girl quilt. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we are. I remember when those yours truly kits were in Women's right. Day magazine. I remember them. <laughs> you know, my, my very favorite story about that quilt um, is I usually, if I bring it up uh, in a lecture, I'll say, you know, out of the 200 people out there, there are probably at least three, maybe four who bought that kit. Show me your hands, you know, and the hands will go up. And then for fun, I always say, Woman's Day called it the quickest quilt in the world. Would you leave your hand up if you finished it? <laughs> <laughs> and a, a couple hands will drop and how many people usually leave their hand up it's over it's usually over half <laughs> but one year i was at uh, the big show in puyallup and a gal came by the second day after i'd given that lecture and she had the woman's day magazine and she said, you oh. will never believe how important this was to me. Well, you know, that kind of takes you back. And oh. I said, oh, yeah. yeah. And she, yeah. she said, I never, uh, I, I lived with my parents until the day I married. I married a guy that my folks didn't like. And he swished me off to New York City. And then dropped me. Oh. And she said, I was in New York City all by myself. I didn't, I wasn't going to go home. And I happened to see <laughs> that magazine. And I bought the magazine and I said, I can do this. And she said, it became my personal symbol that I could survive and I could do this. And she said, I slept under that quilt until the day I remarried. Isn't that amazing? And, oh, and isn't... Oh, that's amazing. You know, it makes the whole thing worth it, doesn't it? Yes. It's just, yeah, it's... Mm -hmm. You just never have any idea. I'm feeling all teary. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm not teary, but if you could see me, I've got goosebumps all over. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little above. <laughs> so you can imagine how I felt, right? You know, it was I like, bet. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, uh, I'm so, that's so wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so anyway, it's, there's all kinds of things that make what we do work. I bet that happens to you a lot. Well, I yeah, I feel nice yeah, you know, but not quite that. Like, oh my God, 
you know, feel that the I'm blessed to say I've never well, had. And those are the things that keep you going too. Yes, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that in the successes and that people have and that they like it. Yeah. Absolutely. The so I'm still hoping I Amazing. get to uh put some things in your uh magazines one day. Marty, I have not forgotten about your dream. (laughs) Thank you. I have not forgotten about your dream at all. I keep I keep pitching it to my editorial director every time I get a chance. Thank you very Uh, much. And I think she can't wrap her head around it. So I think she needs a lesson in quilts as you go. Maybe this podcast. Right. So I you are still on my mind and you're actually coming up in in one of my next issues yeah. of uh, why Lori, why does this always happen where I go is it quilt maker or is it quick and easy? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's in quilt maker. Yes. That was the number. Q It is. Uh, it is. 318. Yes. <laughs> she even remembers the number. She knows her number. <laughs> QM. It was going to be in Quick and Easy, yes. and then we moved it over to Quilt Maker so that yep. I could do a designer profile on you. And then we had too many ads and not enough space, <laughs> so it's going into the second issue. So you're no. going to be oh, in two okay. issues. Okay, so, cool. So That's even better. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Yes. That's what I thought. And then at some point I'm going to figure out how we can get you to do your, your quilt as you go idea and sort of break our patterns down. Because I think that's a different level of Mm -hmm. understanding. So once you wrap your brain around how to do a block and then how to do a section, I think the next step is to figure out looking at a quilt that you want to make and then figuring out how to break it down. Yes, right. right. We have some of that in those in that new uh, more machine quilting and sections. Some guides on that, some tips, and really one of the very most useful things is how we add the borders after that whole interior section is done. Then they don't have to break the interior down. They can. Wait, there's a whole way on adding borders, uh, which also comes in handy sometimes if um, if you've bought a new mattress recently and you had the perfect quilt for the bedroom, mm. it's no longer big enough because every right. mattress. So there right. little, yeah. that same we're little, all nodding. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yep, that same technique can be used to enlarge a quilt, just adding another yes. border all the way around. Oh, see, now you've got me thinking. Oh, my gosh, my brain is just going on fire because I've got a quilt coming up in quick and easy that I just made. And I didn't, it was, I was using small strips and it was a log cabin. And I had to stop to finish it because I just didn't have enough time to make it as big as I wanted. Ah, but I want it bigger. But I can just take off the binding right. and add. Yes. And yes. Oh, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I have a quilt oh. that I retired because the binding was all worn. Oh. oh. And it's a little too small, but I liked it. So I kept it on the bed anyway. I can yeah. take off that worn out binding, add another yeah. border, and that fun quilt is back on my bed. And I, Yay! Will, <laughs> I will tell you something. 
from experience that I actually uh, one time rotary cut off a binding. I am telling you that I had already finished and I needed to make the quilt bigger. It was kind of like, oh, look what I did. I actually cut that binding off that whole quilt. Wow. I don't know why it kind of made me feel powerful. Yes. <laughs> it's like you beat that you beat that quilt. You figured it out. <laughs> Lori, make sure you do it with a rotary cutter. It's like yes. Oh, yes. when you cut that binding off. Uh, well, Marty, I think you've officially blown all three of our minds now. So <laughs> thank you. Call me back when I can do it again. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> I I said that I think we could we could talk to you all day long. Um, but yeah. I just want to thank you so much thank for joining you. us. This is the first episode of our seventh season. And the three of us decided we wanted to have you. <laughs> so we will definitely have you back again, Marty. You made my day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yay. Well, we are actually in the Golden Studio. And there's some exciting things happening. Love of Quilting Television is actually recording right next door. So I was able to steal Angela and Sarah and have them join me in the studio for a nicely socially distanced behind the plexiglass (laughs) (laughs) version of the podcast. So welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you very much. So Tracy, you're behind plexiglass, but Angela and I, we've been like up close and personal all week. So we're just going. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Pretty exciting times, huh? Yeah. We have to actually, you know, decide whether or not you're going to stand next to each other and get our temperature taken. I got my temperature taken, so I'm safe. Yeah. Of course, this is January and not September. So I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) (laughs) She's bending time. I'm bending time because that's what I do. That's what I do. (laughs) So how has this round of recording? This is episode. This is a 3700 series. Correct. Nice. So tell me all about the juicy bits that are happening behind the scenes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we we do four episodes a day, so we knock out the whole season in a week, and it is it is intense. Um, we show up for makeup at seven thirty in the morning, and we were talking about this last night. At the end of the day, we are just spent because your brain is mm-hmm. on overdrive, making sure that you're speaking English in full sentences, and on target with a project. And for me, the last taping 3600 series was delayed so much that we had a really short turnaround time for these quilts. So I actually borrowed a sewing machine from Lori Baker. (laughs) Yay, Lori! (laughs) So I I was tired from taping and then also sewing in my hotel room at night just to make sure all my step outs were finished. But thankfully I am now done. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like for this season, Lori Baker needs to byline in the credits. Right. She also gave me a bunch of scraps for one of the quilts in 3700 series. That's the, the one with the churn dash. Yeah, right? the scrappy, uh-huh. scrappy churn dash. Because um, I just, I don't have a lot of scraps at home. I, I just don't. That's I, kind of a juicy bit. 
that I that don't have Angela scrubs? Hoffman doesn't have really much of a stash. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I think we talked about that yeah. on the podcast that you Did were you? on because yeah, you were talking about how you don't, you kind yeah. of. So, so Lori took pity on me and sent me a little care package of scraps for the quilt and it turned out great. And I'm sure it didn't even make a dent in your scraps. <laughs> right. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. fun rooting around to see what she sent. Yeah. I wanted to use. Did you, did she send you more than you needed? Yes. Did yes. you keep the scraps? Uh, yes, I did. So, look, I, hey, I've got, I've got a stash. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. So, do you, you just buy for what you make? Yes, and then when I'm done making the quilt top, I'm done looking at that fabric, and so I will make it. I'll put it in the backing. I'll piece the backing, and 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 then that's it. And you're and, done with it. And I'm over it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. What about you? Do you have a lot of stuff? Oh boy, do I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean. I've, I guess I'm more of your typical quilt hoarder. Like I have projects that I purchased that I cannot wait to get to one day. But I did, when I moved recently, get rid of the majority of my stash because I looked at it and thought, you know, every time I make something new for the show or for my store, it seems like I'm always having to use something new that came out. Mm-hmm. So there's, I'm never going to get to some of that. So I gave a lot of it away, probably like 75 at least percent of my stash wow. I gave away. So that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I did the same actually when did I moved you? here. I moved here two years ago and I had to really seriously take a look and say, do I really need this? I mean, I had a pile, a pile. I had a friend of mine from my guild come over and just take bags and bags and bags of things. Yeah. And I feel like there's also the who was I then fabric. You know, the Mm -hmm. fabric that I look at and go, why on earth did I buy that? I I don't enjoy that at all anymore. What kind of a mood was I in that day? (laughs) So it was good to get rid of that. Isn't that funny that it happens with fabric and clothing? Sure. Definitely. (laughs) Where you go, what was I thinking? Like, why did that look, I guess, under the lighting, it just looked different? And you get it home and you're like, I'm over that. And maybe even old boyfriends. Ooh, <laughs> true. Like, now it is Quilt and Tell. Okay. <laughs> tell us more, Sarah. Yeah, we get to find out a lot more. All right. That is too much fun. So to you, for each episode, you both have to come up with quilt designs and pitch them. and then. You have to make all the step outs. So for our listeners who might not understand what a step out is, you have to, for whatever part of the process that you're teaching, you have to have multiple versions of that. Yes? Yeah, depending on the project, it can be as much as almost making a quilt and a half. Yeah, whole If we have to really show putting rows together, for example, then you've got to have a lot of steps done. So it's just each of the stages of the project prepared to be shown. Yeah, cause, and, and you may find that you sew something wrong on camera. Right. you got to stop and redo it. So you may need a couple versions of it just yeah. in case something goes south in the middle of taping. Not that anything ever goes south. Never. But, <laughs> but you always have to have a backup. Exactly. Yeah. Do you ever go back and finish all those and turn them into something, or do they just get thrown away? I don't know about you, Angela. I always have super high hopes, but then when I'm purging, like I did, I end up giving them to actually my friend Denise, who quilts a lot of my quilts. And it is so much fun for me because six months later, maybe all of a sudden she'll show me a new quilt and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I know that block. That was one of my my random blocks or those are my scraps. And so she turns them into magical things. So um, I usually, once I'm, I'm done, I'm done. I did have somebody ask me to send in quilt blocks, extra blocks for a charity. I don't know if they contacted you about that. No. They actually sew them into a tote bag 
and it's oh. a cancer fundraiser. And they so I sent a signed copy of the magazine also, and then it's just a little raffle prize, which was pretty cool. I like that charity very much. I wish they'd reach out to me again. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. Mm-hmm. It's a neat one. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Angela? Um, you know, the ones that I'm in love with, I do keep the step outs because I think, you know, what this could be, maybe I could teach this, it could be a class. And so I'm going to need these little bits and pieces. Um, but, but truly one of the greatest compliments that you could find out there is when we see a quilt that we've designed that someone else has made. When you see it in the wild and somebody posts, hey, I did this quilt out of the magazine, and you're like, oh, my goodness, that's the one I designed, and look at how cool that is. Yeah. And they've done it in a totally different colorway. You know, they've Maybe they put a different border on it and made it their own. And Seeing such, how someone else reinvents yeah, the quilt. It's yeah. such a compliment. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel so good when I see that. Yeah, I agree totally. Do you both get a lot of feedback on the quilts that you do or not so much? I don't get a ton, but I don't have as big of an online following or community as Angela has at this point. Mm. I, I Thankfully, quilters are lovely, positive people. And so most everything that I get headed my way is positive. But one of the things that I didn't expect as we've done more and more episodes is there are those on the internet who have very definitive ideas about how I do something and when I do something wrong and I need to get thicker skin because it really, sometimes it really affects me. Mm. And sadly, I get more feedback on me than I do on my quilts. Yeah. Yeah. I don't expect that at all. I think we can have a moment here because, you know, (laughs) as the editor of two magazines, I find sometimes that people are more likely to tell you when you've done it wrong than when it's positive and they're happy about it. And it makes me sad sometimes because I'm just like, goodness, don't they realize that I'm just a person and sometimes I'm making a mistake. Right. Right. If you wouldn't come up to me at a quilt show and say it to my face, you probably shouldn't write it online, right? Or in a letter to your editor. It's just things things to keep in mind. But to your point, you know, you develop thicker stink skin and and learn to deal with it. And and I get a lot of positive feedback about how much people love the show, not necessarily about specific quilts, but how much they enjoy, you know, Angela and I's chemistry together. So for for the most part, it's we get a ton of positive feedback. We did get a really interesting negative one lately, though. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want yeah. to share, or you want to skip over it? Well, it was it was someone who's well known in the industry and decided to publicly, basically, say we were just boring. Right. Milk toast snorefest <laughs> is the quote. Yeah. And <laughs> so, and it was like it was like you know I I. I I want you to be successful in the industry. I want everybody to be successful right. in the industry. And if you are have that kind of stature in the industry, why would you be, you know, spitting at me? Why I'm would you want you. to tear someone down no. a little bit? Yeah, and and not assume that we would possibly see it because it's somebody that I admired and followed, right. right? So I saw that on there and I was like, oh my, right. <laughs> wow. I've never met you in person, but that's disappointing. So right. yeah, it is. Yeah. What it is. And, and I also think my little brain. Like there could be a hundred people saying, you are awesome. And then there's that one person who says something negative and my little brain just latches right onto it. And that's my problem. I need to just be able to that. I I totally get you because we, for the podcast, our listeners, like when they write in, it's awesome. They're always talking about how great the show is and all of that. I got one negative review and it was about an episode that we were talking about copyright. It was a question that came in. I attempted to answer it and I knew I did a bad job. 
So the very next episode, I actually did a whole episode on copyright and I had a law professor join us so that she could really set the record straight, answer questions. It was a great show. Um, but now I don't, there's no way for me to contact the person and, and yeah. tell them that, you know, we, I did a whole episode after this because I knew I did a bad job. Um, and that one still gets me yeah. not the, you know, I don't even know how many reviews there are in Apple podcasts and they're all great, <laughs> but yeah. there's just that, feel one that you could make it right. Where I can't fix it. You know, so do you feel that way too? Yeah, I, I and, and I just need to let it go. You know, it's been interesting too, as of course I started quilting on my grandma singer and I started taking classes at my local quilt shop and, and did, you know, just enjoyed it as a quilter and then started to kind of get deeper and deeper into the industry. And it's been fun at quilt shows to watch folks walk past me. And like at first, this was a few years back, they kind of look at me and go, you look familiar, but yeah, I think you probably just might look like my aunt Topeka and that's why. And then to catch, you know, people like doing a double take or like stopping and then you walk across a show floor and you know, I've got a bazillion things on my brain. And so I don't, I, and then I have to catch myself and go, oh no, did I have, was my resting face, <laughs> did I have my mean resting face on? Do I need to, I need to smile everywhere you I go. You have so a mean that. resting face. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that sort of thing. I just, I need to not focus on the, the comments that people, the negative comments, because I think that I can, my personality type, I can just dwell on it. And I guess for me, like, I don't worry about it because I feel that it's not realistic to think that everybody in the world's going to enjoy my style. And that's okay. That's why there are many other people doing similar things to what we do. Right. And it's mm -hmm. okay if they prefer that person over me, that's totally fine. And, um, I just kind of focus on the people that do enjoy it and how else can I make the show better for you? And what else can I offer you and teach you and show you? Yeah. Our viewers are so great. They, um, they're so enthusiastic about the quilts and they want to, um, find out more about how we get along and what we're doing behind the scenes. And it's just, it's fun getting to know um, our viewers for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And for everyone that says something like that, we have 10 and the same day I got a comment saying how uh, somebody enjoyed watching Angela and I because she feels like we really are quilting soul sisters. And I was Aww. like, yes, exactly. We are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. That is fun. You are my quilting soul sisters. I are <laughs> and I was going to say, and you really don't get along in real life, do you? Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's really been one of the coolest parts was getting to know Sarah and, and getting to know Sarah as a person, but also getting to know Sarah as a designer and watching how she chooses the blocks to go with the fabrics. And sometimes, you know, we have this great idea for the, for a quilt and the fabric, you know, hasn't been released or, or we mm -hmm. can't get it in time to make it for the show. And then everything has to shift. And so watching, watching Sarah kind of shift her designs and shift her fabrics and watching her voice come out in her quilts has been interesting for me oh, um, to see that that evolve. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. been fun. That's cool. Yeah. And for me, my favorite part of working with Angela, other than just being able to develop this cool friendship, is uh, seeing how you envision a quilt block and make it pop in different ways with quilting. You know, <laughs> like I can speak loudly with fabric and do neat things, but your ability to highlight different parts of a quilt or a block or just change where you focus altogether with the quilting is just like magical to me. So <laughs> we definitely complement each other well with different strengths and interests in quilting too. Yeah. Yeah, it's always fun to make a, a quilt kind of change its voice from the pattern and the piecing and the fabric by adding in a, a quilting voice, the machine quilting right. part of the process.
See, and that part fascinates me completely. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it just in general, I think fascinates me that that um, every quilter has a different perspective and sure. a different voice and makes projects sing in different ways. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you both for popping into the studio. Yeah. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that we gave you uh, too many juicy bits from the from what's going on. Really, the only thing juicy that happened yesterday, I of course, you know, we have to bring in outfits. So we have like 13 episodes. So we want to bring in. And that's way harder, by the way, than making quilts for the show is getting oh outfits. Oh, my gosh. Finding 13 yes. outfits that look good and you feel confident 13 in. outfits twice a year Yeah, that, that you can be on camera with because you can't do white and you can't do, you know, prints. That and, are you can't do together and you can't do stripes. There's all these <laughs> rules. And then you also, it has to look good on you. You know, that's way, 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 way stressful. But um, <laughs> I, I, I was wearing this new shirt yesterday and I thought that the zipper just went from like the collar down to you know like a three inch zipper mm-hmm. an appropriate so, place for a zipper to stop <laughs> and the audio guy comes over to give me the mic to, mm-hmm. to put you know uh, in my shirt I was like oh here I'll just unzip and no the zipper like went down to my navel <laughs> like, <laughs> zip and then I went I am so sorry <laughs> and he was just like oh okay okay whoops so you flashed the yes, oh, yeah. flash the sound. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, the, Excellent. Yeah. That was the first time I'd I'd flash someone since Bourbon Street in college. So, um, <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> hysterical. I, I apologized again to him today. Like I'm really sorry. About you can make way. a public apology I'm now, really and it'll really be exactly. yeah. <laughs> yes. Michael, we apologize for any ways we've embarrassed you so during so wardrobe <laughs> miking. <laughs> He, he seemed to roll with it. He was He's fine, wonderful. Yeah. Good sport. Everybody yeah. here is. Very well, professional. Now we'll have to have him on the show right, and ask right, him if that was right. the worst he's ever Just seen. Attention <laughs> the length of your zippers, ladies. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Gosh. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for adding that little bit. Because, yeah. you know, that makes the show really, really, like, Extra. brings it to a different level. It's great. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been fun. It has. Hi, it's Ginger. As promised, The Grace Company now brings you my interview with their education specialist, Carla Jerome. While you're listening, check out graceframe.com and explore their website for quality products as well as useful resources and educational materials. Carla, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on the podcast and talk to you about The Grace Company and our company values and a little bit of the history of it. I'm just as excited. This is a company that I've had the pleasure of coming across, um, whether it be at Quilt Market or within the industry itself. And so to actually speak with you and get the information, I think is going to be fabulous. Right off the bat, let's just go ahead and get started and let me know, because the company's been around a long time. What are the origins and kind of the history of the Grace Company? It started over 38 years ago, and we started with hand quilting. That was our big claim to fame, and it's a great story. It started with my brother, Jim, and he is the owner of the Grace Company. He came to my mom, and my mom is Grace. I'm her baby, and um, he wanted to start his own business. Jim has always been an inventor. He's always liked to tinker, and he said, Mom, Do you have any ideas of what I could make and start a business? And my mom working at a quilting company at that time said, yes, 
why don't you make a quilting frame that doesn't take up a lot of room, but that quilters can do what they love. And it's not like this big, huge frame that takes up the whole space so your husband can watch TV. So my brother went to the drawing board and he designed his very first hand quilting frame. And he made it with ratchets so you could roll it. And it just bloomed and blossomed. I mean, we had a few little bells and we had to go back and redesign design and make it work but here we are today 38 years later and we're making machines we're making machine quilting frames um we're in the thread business we're just growing like crazy and that's what we like we like to grow so that was it's a really fun story and my brother is in china right now actually keeping the business going in china so it's great oh that's fabulous i love that it all started with mom and i didn't realize that mom or grace is a real person it's your mom Yes, she absolutely is. And and she passed away in 2014, but her spirit lives strong. You are not kidding. Wow, what a legacy to leave behind. Oh, that is great. So one of the things that I think makes your company so special is the company values that you guys have. And QVI is kind of your special thing. Explain to me what that is. We sat down and decided that we needed a mission statement and company values. And we got together as a team and the whole company was a part of this. And it was very exciting. And we came up with the values of QVI. It means quality, value, accessibility, innovation, and experience. And these are all values that we want our customers and our employees and each of us to take away as we're working or as we make a purchase through the Grace Company. And so they're really important to us. So Carla, let's break down the values that you've got. You start with quality. Where does that come in? Well, we want to make sure that we're producing quality products here at the Grace Company because we not only innovate them, but we manufacture them. And we feel like it's part of the experience. So the quality control is really important to us. So we make sure that as we're developing, we're going through those little check marks all the way through it as we're developing the product um, to the last part of it. When it comes into the United States, we go back through all of them, the instructions, so that it just is top quality merchandise for you to pull out of the box and start using. And it's really important for you to have a great experience. And then I love the fact that you have value in there. It's a big investment to invest in any type of quilting equipment, especially if there's a long arm involved. And I feel like for what you guys offer, the value that you get is wonderful. Yeah, value is also extremely important to us. From the get-go, we wanted to make affordable products for any home quilter. And that's really our basis, the home quilter, to bring into their home where they don't have to break the bank and that they can continue on doing what they love. And and that's the big part of the value. But we also wanted to make it a value that you feel good about your purchase and you feel like, wow, I'm glad I spent that little bit of money or that money towards what I love doing. And it just makes it that much more enjoyable. Yeah. And and I feel like you guys have a price range for everybody. You know, it doesn't have to be that, you know, when, like I said, when you think long arm, you always think, oh, it's I just, I can't afford it. No, you can. Yes. 
And then you have accessibility because I do feel like your machines are not very intimidating at all. And looking at them and being like, oh, no, I could actually fit that in my house. Is that part of it, too? Yes, that's absolutely part of it. And it's a big part of it because quilting and sewing is a progression. So you'll start with one area and we've made it accessible for you to purchase at that point, but then you're ready for the next step. And you don't want to spend a gazillion dollars, you know, upgrading. And and that's how we've really thought about it is the progression of how you want to quilt or how you want to move in whatever direction you want to go to continue your hobby. So accessibility and making it so that you can fit it into your home, size and everything is really important for us. And innovation. Innovation, definitely. Um, I think every time I go to Quilt Market, I kind of hunt you guys out because I really want to see like, okay, what are they going to have this time around? I know that's important to you guys. It is absolutely. And it's probably one of my biggest and most favorite items that we do is that we really try to innovate and look for new ways to bring accessibility to you in the market. So you need to come to Quilt Market because we can have a lot of new exciting things to show and they're very innovative. I've been working with my brother recently on some new style feet and we're coming out with those and actually we've got a couple patents coming out so it's very exciting the direction of quilting and seeing all these different aspects come to life and as you start working in one area it sparks that creativity and you think oh hey why don't we try this? And that's what's fun about working here is that I'm not stuck in this little office that I can imagine. And that sometimes that imagination will come to life and it will work out and it'll be a great product. And other times, eh, it's not so much. But that's what's great about working here is that we can bring ideas to the table and see if they are able to be produced. Well, I definitely think nobody's ever going to call you guys lazy. You always have no. something, co- something cooking. I tell you. And then I think last but not least, I love that you have experience in there. And I feel like it's not just the experience of getting a product that's great and wonderful to work with, but it's the experience of enhancing everything that you're doing with that product. I I just think, you know, there's so much there just in that one word. Yes. And that experience is really important, not only for us here at the Grace Company, as we work here, we want it to be a good experience, but we want to share our love and our passions of the company with all of our customers, whoever they are. And that's really important. And from the get-go, from opening the box and pulling out the instructions, that experience needs to be felt. And you need to be part of this growing family that we have. My mom had a lot of kids. And I like to say that her family keeps growing (laughs) even larger and bigger. Oh, I love that. We're all children of grace. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) She'll take you. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Well, and I think an extension of the whole experience is the education side of it. And this is what your specialty is, right? You're the head of education there. Tell us a little bit about the types of classes you have. You know, is it for just beginners? Is it for everybody? You know, tell me a little bit about that. It is for everybody. And we're just starting in on the education because I've only been in this position for about a year, but we have grown leaps and bounds. And now I have two wonderful helpers to work with me and to expand my vision of education. That's what I like. It's my 
area of I can invent all of these little things and bring them to the customers and have them enjoy it. So education is just kind of my wheelhouse. I love it. I love coming up with new ideas and new classes, new ways to teach, new ideas for quilting. So man, you can't stop me. Once I get going, I just was like, ah, the wheels keep turning and I just could go on forever. But we have something for everyone. We're branching out to just quilting in general. So right now we have a getting started class, but it's really basically for starting out your first experience with machine quilting and setting up the quilt on the frame and the free motion experience. Then we have an automation class that's very specific for our automation, but a lot of fun. So there's so many different ways to quilt. I do a webinar once a week on Tuesdays, uh, which I really didn't think I would enjoy, but it's been so much fun. So it's a lot of fun. And we do have so many areas that we're moving in that direction. So it'll be all things quilting and all things education for quilting. Nice. So you'll be in good hands once you get a machine. Then You're not just going to hand the machine over. You're going to actually teach these people how to use it. Yes, that's very important. One of the things I definitely want to talk to you about is I want to go back to innovation and just some of the sewing products that you have. I think one in particular that I am just absolutely chomping at the bit to buy, I've gotten my hands on it before, is the QD tabletop fabric frame. And I say that because to me, every time I even just say it, it blows my mind. The fact that I can use my own domestic machine with this frame and kind of have my own long arm in my house. Yes. And so the cutie really is a cutting edge frame. You wouldn't think so because it's so portable and the name really fits. It is cute and it's a lot of fun and it just makes quilting accessible. And so rather than you pushing the fabric through your machine, which is really laborsome and hard to do, it allows you to move your machine with the carriage across your quilt doing your quilting. So it just makes it very accessible and it really is a great innovation and it's just opened up avenues for quilters who never thought they'd have the room or they would be able to even try it and it's very affordable so it really has broken the barriers for a lot of people out there or customers because there's men women alike that have been looking for this product and I was lucky enough it was one of the first quilt markets I had ever gone to in Houston and I stumbled across your uh, your your booth there and it was amazing I walked in there and I just was looking at it and I was like is that a domestic machine on that? And they were like, yeah, come on over. And it was one of the first times that I had actually got in there. I put my hands on it and it felt like just the freedom of being able to do that and not have to worry about how big is the space? You know, all those things that I think I worry about when I think of bringing in a long arm and also getting that machine because that's a whole nother thing you have to buy on top of the frame. (laughs) So it's such a great way to dip your toe in and, you know, not only with you guys, but with that experience. And so being able to do that, you know, it really was amazing. You know, if you didn't know if you could actually quilt, it it makes it very easy to move your machine across it. And it's a machine that you love and you know, and you understand the quirks, Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything about that machine. And so just turning it into a quilting machine, it's just one more step into your progression of quilting. Oh yeah, it, it really does. 
So let me know, what is the best way for people to find out information and how to get their hands on these products? Go to our Grace Company website, which is graceframe.com, or you can call us on our 800 number. It's plastered all over our website, but I'm going to give it to you. It's 800 800- Two six four zero six four four, and ask one of our account executives. We love emails, so if you have a question or you're just wondering about something, email us, and it's info at graceframe.com, and we'd love to hear from you. All right. Well, thank you so much, Carla. It's been so much fun talking with you, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys at market this year. I can't wait. Yeah, me neither. So thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. As Carla just mentioned, you need to visit graceframe.com. That's where you can join her for weekly live educational videos called Tuesdays with Grace. It's also where you can sign up for their newsletter for updates on the latest sales, new products, and so much more. That's graceframe.com. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.